On today's show, I'm going to break down some of the first claims that I signed in my career back in 2008. Let's get right to it in three, two, one. What's up, advocates? Welcome back to another episode of the Commercial Claims Show. I am your host, the Commercial Claims Advocate, Vince Perry, owner CEO of Elite Resolutions and Commercial Claims Advocate. Additional living expenses is one of the most difficult parts of an insurance claim. And the reason is, is it's very high pressure. And as a public adjuster or contractor, you're already dealing with the negotiating of the build back process. You don't want to have to deal with ALE as well. Black Diamond Housing Services does all of that. They don't even charge the client. They bill it directly to the insurance company. It's all covered under the ALE coverage. So you need to call Black Diamond if you have a house that has been severely lost, whether it's like severe mold, severe water, fire, or anything like that, where they need a place to stay, call Black Diamond Housing Services and they'll be able to take care of your client from beginning to end. Are you tired of waiting forever and a day to get paid on your insurance claim? Are you tired of having to drive to the insured's house that you can pick up your check and give them a check? What if we could take all of this away from you by using InkPay? InkPay is a godsend to our company. Everything is handled electronically. You take a photo of the check, you upload it directly into their software, and they take care of everything else. And the best part is the money gets directly deposited into your account. And when there's a mortgage company on there, they handle the entire mortgage company process as well. You have to call InkPay. It's been a game changer in my company. I strongly recommend them and I want you to go ahead and find them and use it in your company so you could streamline your payment process after the claim gets paid. And today I'd like to talk about just some of the first claims that I did in my adjusting career just to give you guys an idea that it's really not that much different than what probably some of you uh, have got going on now in the beginning of your career. Probably some differences but a lot of the same stuff, right? So for example, when I came in in 2008, that was about three years after, three and a half years or so after Hurricane Wilma and Hurricane Katrina hit. Uh, Miami, Florida. And back then it was five years to reopen a claim. Um, I think it was three years to sign any new claims. Well, we didn't do that uh, as much back then. Uh, basically, we would just reopen claims. So the first thing when I first started was look for areas that, that, that has blue tarps. Look for, the idea back then was to look for any areas that had blue tarps, uh, to look for any any houses that had repairs done to the roof. Like you can see when the, when the shingle repair is standing out like a sore like a sore thumb or the tile repair and the new tile it's just standing out like a sore thumb because what I was told was okay those are probably people that filed a claim after Hurricane Katrina or Wilma and they were obviously underpaid or they couldn't they couldn't pay for a new roof so they had to do a repair so I did what most people do in the beginning of their careers and I door knocked I door knocked a lot my first couple of years as a public adjuster because I was just trying to get those claims now if it was, if they didn't file a claim for Hurricane Wilma, I normally wouldn't even sign it because as you guys know, under the duties after the loss, you have to notify the insurance company as soon as possible. So for me to file a new claim three, four years after the hurricane hit, I didn't feel like it was very beneficial. So I was just asking them, hey, have you filed, did you file a Hurricane Wilma claim? Did you file a Hurricane Katrina claim? And if they told me yes, I would ask them, did you hire a public adjuster and were you paid sufficiently? If they hired a public adjuster, chances are they were paid sufficiently. And if they weren't paid sufficiently, well, then I would say, okay, well, let me take a look at the documentation that you had. Let me see if there's something that I can work with. And free of charge, maybe I can get you more money. Maybe I can't. I pay. I remember I remember telling my friends when I was getting into this industry, it was the easiest sales pitch I've ever had to make. I've always, I had always been in sales in the past and I would always have to convince people to do something, right? Or not only convince people, but I'd have to take money for me to offer them a product or a service or whatever it was. What I really enjoyed about this was that it wasn't exactly, I wasn't 
taking any money. It was strictly contingency, as it is now. And I was like, you got nothing to lose. Let's see what we can do here. And obviously, a lot of times I would I would get them the money that they need to, to go ahead and do everything they need. You know, my favorite client I remember, I'll never forget, was this client who did a Hurricane Katrina claim and they didn't know any English, only Spanish. And what I noticed and what I've had other people come to me is the minorities uh, is what I've noticed is they tend to get underpaid a little bit more. Now, obviously everyone gets underpaid, but when there's a language barrier, the insurance policy is already to understand in plain English. But if you don't even know English, it's it could get very, it could get very confusing. And, you know, People, maybe they don't get taken advantage of. They just don't understand what's going on. So I remember there was this claim that was just severely underpaid. We reopened the claim. We worked the claim. um, And we ended up getting six figures on this tile roof. And I'll never forget the look on their face when I was able to bring them the check and let them know, hey, we were able, this claim that I signed with you about a year ago, look what we ended up getting. And they were just like, they started crying. And it was an amazing feeling. And it was one of those times, one of those moments in the first couple of years of my career where I knew this was it. I had already known it was it, but it just sort of solidified the fact that this was the right career to be getting into because literally what we do as public adjusters is strictly for that homeowner. Every decision we make, every conversation that we have throughout that claims process is looking out for their best interests. And it was, and it was, and it was, it was really great. A lot of the other claims that I did were water damage claims because that's it. After my first year or so, all the Hurricane Wilma Katrina claims were pretty much dried up. The five-year statute was basically done. And it was a lot of it was a lot of water damage claims. And I noticed talking to a lot of people throughout the country, there's a lot of water damage. If there's no severe thunderstorms and windstorms like there is in Louisiana, Florida, uh, you'll get your tornadoes, right? California is really not a lot. And now there is, but for the most part, you're the majority of your claims are going to be, if there's not a significant storm, wind event or name storm or catastrophic event, more often than not, you're going to be dealing with water damage claims or fire claims. And what I dealt with a lot was a lot of water damage claims. I'd say about 90% of my claims were water damage claims. Uh, anything from supply lines, ACs, air conditionings, and drain lines. Um, You know, we did a lot of drain line claims, and I'm sure these are pretty prevalent throughout the country. In the 1970s and 60s, they used to use cast iron pipes, and they have a 50-year lifespan. So when I started, when I came around, right, those things were basically done. And a lot of people, at least in the Miami area where I was, were experiencing a lot of severe backups with category three water. And we would basically be claiming to replace the cast iron sewer line throughout the house. Very significant claim, very significant loss for the homeowners where not only was there poop and everything else all over their floors, but in order to replace this thing so it doesn't happen again, you basically have to trench through the entire house. And it's a it was a significant thing, large dollar amount when it comes to a claim. So it was a very good claim in regards to money wise, uh, but it was a it was it was a real pain in the butt I would say for the homeowners when 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 they had to go ahead and get the work done. But that was a large portion. Uh, water damage, drain lines, supply lines was a big one uh, that I had to do. Uh, had a lot of vandalism claims back when marijuana was actually illegal. Uh, I actually would have I would get calls on grow houses. Uh, I had one particular contractor. He didn't even know how they were attracted to him, but. You know, he would send me, he would refer me probably about about 
about three times a year, I'd get this vandalism claim of a grow house. And that was interesting enough, right? Because they would have to install all these lights, extra light fixtures, and install all these like containers and, and like wooden rows to put all of the plants in, uh, install all new basically supply line systems, um, PVC supply line systems throughout the, this particular room. And the whole house would just get like totally vandalized where when the tenant wouldn't receive the rent income or whatever, they'd go into the house and the whole house was just, you know, just a shit show. <laughs> so, you know, we'd follow a police report and that was also a hell of a claim too. But for me, when I started my career, it wasn't so much of these windstorm claims. I wasn't on roofs a lot. You know, I would actually, I'm, I'm, I'm okay to say where my, my roofing knowledge and my, and my knowledge on, on all of that is not nearly as good as it is on water damage and interior stuff. Interior stuff, I feel like I've got a Got an extremely good hold on uh, exterior stuff when it comes to like the wind and 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 the roofing and stuff like that. I, I'm not nowhere near as I am with the interior stuff because that's just what I did for the first ten years of my career was just basically interior damage, interior damage, interior damage. Um, but you know, it, it was it's it, it was just interesting. So I think it was interesting sort of how I started and and just with time, you know, we just you just grow and you grow and you grow. And what I want to encourage to anybody who's starting out in this career is that it takes time. And I'm not afraid to say that it took me about five years to really feel like, okay, I feel comfortable now. I don't agree with people going into this industry and not doing anything else. I believe now that I've learned even more by having adjusters in our company that in the beginning of your career, you should have another job. I'm not, I'm going to be honest. You should have a side job, if not a full job. And maybe the public adjusting is the side job. It's very difficult. Uh, the insurance companies since the beginning of time have always been very difficult to pay out claims. They've taken a long time. They deny, delay, defend. I mean, we've been saying that forever. Um, so, which means the more they deny, delay, defend, the longer it's going to take for the client to get paid, which ultimately is going to be longer for you to get paid. So I would always recommend that you have some kind of other source of income. I was a tennis instructor. I was basically, I used to tell people that I'm a full-time tennis instructor and a full-time public adjuster, where I was working four to six hours a day on the court teaching in the other four to six hours a day was working claims and public adjusting. So um, it was at least some source of income that I was getting. I'm going to always tell you that the best way that you're going to be able to really uh, plant the seeds and grow your company organically is going to be with networking. BNI is always the one that I'm going to recommend. Uh, I think that after about five or six years, I remember telling people that about 90% of my business came from BNI because it was the referrals of the referrals of the referrals of the referrals. And when you were my age, I was 26 years old when I became a public adjuster, my friends weren't really homeowners. So they didn't really have much to refer me except maybe their parents. So it was hard for me to find claims. It was hard for me to find referrals until I actually joined a networking organization that the whole purpose of the networking organization is to refer you business. That helped tremendously. It suited my personality, which likes to build relationships with people. So if you are the kind of person that really likes to build relationships with people, is interested in other people's stories and lives and stuff like that, BNI is a great, or any kind of networking is great, where you can meet with people on a weekly basis, meet with them privately on a one-to-one -one basis, and just get to know them over the years. It's going to develop a nice little... Uh, a camaraderie amongst you and the others in the chapter where it'll, it'll give you consistent work until the end of time. You know, I still get referrals and I haven't been in the, I was in BNI for eight years in Miami and I haven't been there for a while. I still get, I still have a lot of friends that are in there. Um, that's, uh, that's, that's, 
and, and again, it takes time, okay? You have to be patient with this thing. You have to be persistent. And if it's something that you're truly passionate about, this is the job for you, uh, but it's going to take some time. Um, I'd love for you guys, I'd love to get some stories here. Uh, if you guys uh, could send me a message, leave a comment below, send me a message. I'd love to hear what your story is like, how how it's been for you starting out in this career and what sort of some of the trials and tribulations that you've had to go through. Uh, I know it could be tough. You know, budgeting is probably one of the most important things because if you get paid $10,000 on a claim and you don't get paid anything for another three months, that $10,000 is going to go by fast. So, um, there's just a lot of trials and tribulations that you're going to go through and that if you're going through right that right now, just understand that you're not alone and a lot of people are going through the same thing. So I just want to give you an idea of just some of my, some of my first claims and how I started off in my career. I thought of maybe it would be interesting to some of you, maybe not. Hopefully it makes you feel a little bit better if you're in a tough place right now and you're not sure whether you want to continue in this industry and in this job or not. Uh, I think it's an amazing job. I think it's very rewarding. And I think eventually if you stick with it, uh, you're going to be okay. Okay. No matter what the laws and restrictions are here and everything that's going down, uh, all in all, there's always going to be claims. There's always going to be damage. There's always going to be storms. There's always going to be pipers. There's always going to be fires one way or the other. It's going to be there. You just have to make the right decisions going on that are best for you uh, moving forward in your career. Everybody needs an attorney on their side. So whether you're a public adjuster or contractor or anyone else in the insurance claims business, make sure that you have an attorney that you could rely on, that you can go to for questions whenever you need it. That guy for me for the last 12 years has been David Farber. David Farber is the owner of the Farber Law Firm and he has been there for me from the beginning of my career until now. And I would love for him to be able to help you as well. So make sure you call him at this number here and visit his website so you can learn more about the amazing David Farber of the Farber Law Firm. I had been looking for an accountant for years and I was unable to find anybody that I liked, that I worked with and was able to do what I needed to be done to my taxes and to my accountant. Jeremy David at Noble Wealth has been a godsend to me, my family and my company. We have saved so much money in taxes I can't even begin to describe and he knows what he's doing. You need to call Jeremy at Noble Wealth and get yourself the right accountant because he's the man who's going to help you save on taxes because ultimately you don't want to be making money, especially if you're self-employed and having it all go to the the IRS. Call Jeremy, call Noble Wealth, and they will help you tremendously with the entire accounting process and your tax situation from A to Z. And that's all I got, guys. My name is Vince Perry. Uh, remember, you can find us commercialclaimsadvocate.com, eliteresolutions.com. If you want to join our team, you know, we've got something special growing here. And if you're a public adjuster and you feel like it's just been really hard for you, um, just sort of doing this on your own. And I know from someone who how do I say, I was not on my own for the first 10 years of my career, I worked for somebody else. And it was the most amazing thing. And I went out on my own just because that was kind of the choice that I was given. But, you know, if you're on your own and you feel like maybe it's not for you, reach out to me, send me a message, leave me a comment. Uh, best way to reach me is leave me a message on Instagram um, or send an email to us. But check out EliteResolutions.com. You'll see our team, very family atmosphere. We're all completely virtual. We try to get together those six times a year. And we'd really love to have you. If, you're, if, you're, if we feel you're a good fit, we'd really love to have you on the team uh, so you could just sort of share in that camaraderie and the growth that we're experiencing right now. But you could also go on CommercialClaimsAdvocate.com. We've got all kinds of stuff. We've got events all over the country. I'd love to meet you in person one day, but please do not hesitate to reach out to me. I love helping others to do whatever I can to further this industry and further everybody involved in it. Thank you very much, guys. That's Content Wednesday for this week. We'll see you next week. See you later.